Uh, I think last uh, week, uh, uh, Brother Benji read uh, Psalm 96 from here. And 96, uh, the Psalm 96, talking about all sing unto the Lord, a new song. Sing unto the, unto the Lord. And he said, all the earth need to bless the name of the Lord for his salvation. And we need to proclaim his glory. And all the nation need to do that. And then says, verse 3, declare his glory. Verse uh, 4 says, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Honor and majesty and, and, and strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. And then verse 8 says, give unto the Lord the glory due unto, unto his name. Give glory to his name. Verse 9 says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. In the beauty of holiness. And I think all this together, our duty to the Lord is to worship him. Worship him, to praise him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you again for the opportunity that you give us uh, to be together. Thank you for this wonderful day, a day of uh, thanksgiving. A day of uh, we can stop and think about your goodness. We are nothing without you. But we are glorify your name for the things that you are doing through our lives. And it's only for your glory. Thank you for all this and we praise you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for being here for seconds. And I think this is the second part of Brother Josh's message, uh, what uh, Fiona was singing was exactly uh, Re uh, Revelation 4.11, that we will worship the Lord. And he is uh, worthy of worship, of our worship. Um, so this afternoon, my intention is to, to have an afternoon of worship him for who he is. And always, and you will see, uh, I select a, a few verses, but you will see always thanksgiving and worship are together. Amen. Thanksgiving and worship are together. We cannot worship the Lord if we are not giving thanks to him. And when we give thanks to him, we are worshiping him. So always are together. But how to worship him? When he is the creator, when he is the father, when he is the redeemer, when he is the source of all life, how to worship him? What to say to him? And, and, and I think uh, Luke, Luke chapter 14, if you remember, the disciples, they were asking the Lord Jesus, teach us to pray as, as John teach his disciples. And I think today we can, we can uh, ask the Lord Jesus, Help us and teach us to worship you. Worship you. Because I think it's, it's not our uh, idea to worship, to worship him. It's not our, um, the way that we want, how we feel it when we worship him. is what the Bible says about him. And um, music is one of these uh, things that is uh, a little bit of battle at home at the moment. We one of the teenagers, because there is too much music, Christian music out there. 
So we need to select, you know, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is not that good. Uh, but music is, 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 is a, another way that we can worship the Lord. And um, there is all kind of music. There is different rhythms, there is r different lyrics or, or lyrics or hymns to put together. And, and, and I think music is a very important piece on the church, a, a very important thing. There is churches that they put so much emphasis in the music. And you see churches that they spend a couple of hours in the, in the morning service just with music. And they, they have a short message of 20 minutes about the Bible. But it's all music, and it's music, and music, and performance, and smoke, and lights, and jumping up and down. Uh, they think that this is the way that we can worship. What the Bible says, how we really worship the Lord Jesus. There is uh, uh, churches that they use the music to evangelize people. And they say, well, if we put this kind of music, we will attract the youth people, and we will have more people. And you see some churches full of people, but very shallow doctrinal churches, because it's only emotion, it's only the music that they will attract, attract uh, new people. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to go to one of these music seminars uh, uh, from Frank Garlock. Uh, if you know, Frank Garlock is the father-in-law of Rome Hamilton yeah. from Majestic Music. And he was talking about the moral aspect of music. Because for many people said, well, music is neutral. Music is depends of, you know, what you, you put there. But the Bible says that music is moral. Music that will affect your life, affect your mind, and music that will uh, make you to do something, you know. If you put sad music, you will be sad. If you put happy music, it's supposed that you will be happy. In marketing, they know that music is a, a, a potential a great influence in the people that are shopping. You see in the supermarket, what is the reason that they put music? You know, Christmas is here now. And if you hear that, you know, the jingle bell, jingle bell in your trolley, you will put <laughs> jingle bell, jingle bells, and happily you will <laughs> pay a lot of money for things that you don't need it. Because music is there in the background, and is moving to you to, 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 to do something. So marketing, they know that it's a potential and powerful influence in your life. Well, let me tell you today, I'm not the most qualified person to talk about music, even though I love music, but uh, God didn't give the, 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 the gift of music, I suppose. Um, but one of the things that I want to put our attention is in worship, in worship. And, and, and it's not my personal opinion of how we will worship the Lord. It's not my idea. And I, I don't want to follow my ideas because you will be failed very, very soon. It's what the Bible says about worship. After all, worship is in every aspect in the church. We see uh, worship in every song that we sing in this church. But also worship in giving. 
every time when we offer something to the Lord is worship him because he is worth it. Every time when we preach, it's about him. So we are worship him. Every time when we serve each other, we are worship him. And this is the reason that we serve each other. Uh, every time when we pray, we worship him in words. Every, every time when we have fellowship, it's supposed that we are worship him. Ephesians 5, 19 says, speak, speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs between us. This is the way that we can worship the Lord in edification one to another. When we speak hymns, and when we speak and we encourage people through the Bible, to the truth of the Bible, this is another way that we can worship, worship the Lord. And, and sometimes we are very short in words, you know, when we are praying and we say, well, Lord, thank you for the day. And that's it. There is nothing else. So we, we are running of words to describe the awesome God that we have. To worship him. And Fiona in, in the song, she used a lot of titles of the Lord Jesus. He is the father, the creator. He is the redeemer. He is our friend. But sometimes our knowledge of God is so limited that we cannot worship more him. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really important that what to say when we are worshiping him. And, and uh, the Bible is full of these words. We call uh, doxology. Doxology is a very fancy word, but it's technically to worship him. And, and, and every time when I open the Bible, and when I read one of these doxology in the Bible, strike my heart. When you see these words together, you know, in the same verse, three or, three or four words together, to worship him or to praise him, struck my heart. Just open your Bible, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. This is just one example of doxology. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. And I like uh, the, the Apostle Paul, how they put this doxology together in the Bible. 1 Timothy 1.70 says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, to be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And I like uh, the, the Apostle Paul, how he described the King. He said, this King is, is eternal, immortal, invisible. And this is the attributes of God. All the, 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 the personality of God. He said, this king is eternal, immortal, invisible. He is this king? The wise God. God is the king. And for that reason, we need to honor and we, we need to glorify him forever and ever. And, and again, I like uh, Paul when he put this doxology together because it's like, a, you know, this balloon when you are um, blowing the, the balloon and then there is too much air inside the balloon that they pop. And I think this is happening here. Normally, doxology, 
doxology is something that you need to put in the beginning, yeah, or at the end. But Paul, this is not the beginning of uh, First Timothy, chapter one, but this is not the beginning. And it looks like this balloon of Paul in his heart is not waiting and then pop with doxology in the middle of the letter. They cannot wait until the end to put that how awesome is God. And he put this uh, doxology, praising the Lord Jesus after a, 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 a statement of, of faith, after a statement of doctrinal principle, and then he starts. He is the king, the invisible, the eternal, the, the, the immortal, the wise God. And, and, and this is how it's so exciting for me to see how Paul used doxology. What is doxology? Dox, I, I think it's a Greek uh, term. And it's doxo, means glory, and logos is word. It's technically, in scripture, is a statement of praise. It's a verbal declaration of praises. Doxology is when we verbally praise the Lord, praise the Lord for who He is. Uh, in in Latin, we said, uh, "Glory in excelsis Deo." What is that? Is glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest is doxology. To praise him for who he is. And um, if you see your hymn book, the first hymn in the cover says doxology. Doxology. That is, uh, praise God for who all blessing flow. Praise the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is doxology. To praise him for who he is. Um, and, and, and as I mentioned before, Paul is one, one of, the, of this uh, uh, person that they, uh, I, I like the way that he put doxology in the Bible because it's out of any other, other uh, writers in the Bible uh, because it's in the middle of something. He don't wait until the end. And um, after a, 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 a theological uh, concept, in the Bible, Paul jumping into doxology to praise the Lord. He put a, a, a statement of faith, a theological point, a doctrinal point, and then normally we have been learned that, you know, after doctrine is duty. But looks like Paul put, put something in between, like a bridge between theology and then duty. And he put doxology in the middle. Looks like Paul is this person that they, after he put all this theological statement, he cannot, and, and, and there is too much theolog theological statement, and he jump and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When he, he cannot go farther on the deepest of, of the knowledge of God, he jump into doxology and praise, praise the Lord. And, and this is exactly what will happen. I think many, many Bible uh, college, many Bible college uh, with very good intention, they teach uh, theology. It's supposed that, you know, a doctrinal uh, truth in theology about the Bible, about God, 
uh, the doctrinal aspect. But many, many Bible colleges teach doxology, how to praise God. How, how, uh, and, and, and could be a concept of good information, theology. I, I don't say that is wrong, absolutely nothing wrong. But theology, they will move to doxology. All your knowledge about God, they will move you to praise him. Otherwise, it's just information. And, and I think Satan is one of these theologians that they know very well the word of God. The only problem with Satan is he will never use his knowledge of God to praise him. He hates what he knows about God. He will never worship the Lord Jesus. So it's just information. It's just knowledge about the, the, uh, who is God and, and the attributes of God. But you need to move from knowledge into doxology, into praise him for all that he is. Another, another example is Romans chapter 11. If you open your Bibles, Romans chapter 11, verse 33. This is another example of Paul. And this is exactly what, what he happened with him. Uh, Romans 11, chapter 33, uh, chapter 11, verse 33 says, Oh, the deeps of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Verse 33 says, oh, and for us, the translation is, wow, wow. How deep and, and how rich is the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Yeah. This is a, a superlatives, you know, how deep, how much deep we can go to know God. How rich is his knowledge, the knowledge of God. And, and then Paul says, is unsearchable in his, in his judgment and his way past find out. Verse 34 says, for who had known the mind of, of the Lord? Or who had been his counselor? Or who had first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again? Paul understands his limitation, his human limitation about the deepest and the richest of the, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. His limitation, because he said, is unsearchable, is beyond my human comprehension, be, beyond my human uh, understanding about the knowledge of God. But then, verse 36, he jumps and says, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To, ho to whom be glory forever. Amen. It looks like when Paul cannot go deeper in theology, he jumped again in doxology and praise and said, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Uh, and I, I think many churches today, the problem on, on many churches is that they are more uh, worry about the music aspect on worship or, or, or the voice uh, you know when we have a choir the voice is important 
the music, the sounds, the performance, the instruments are, are important. But we are so little worried about doxology, to praise him, to praise him. And this is why we need to ask God, teach us to worship you. How, how do you want us to, to worship you? And, and all this knowledge that we have about God, they will flow to our heart and say, well, glory to be, glory to God for who, who he is. And, and I think one of these, the biggest uh, doxologist, I'm not sure if it's a word, doxologist, but uh, the, the person that is so good in doxology to praise God is King David. This is why we have songs. And let me tell you, if you are worried uh, uh, about your Christian life, if you are careless about your Christian life, start reading Psalms. Because Psalms, they will bring you to a new level of understanding. Who is God and, and what he wants for you? King David was a man uh, formed with a, uh, conformed with the heart of God, but he knew, he knew who, how to praise God. And we, we have psalms of praises, like uh, Psalm 33, Psalm 41, Psalm 57, 72, 96, uh, 100, 106, 140, 145 is one of the best uh, praises. Exalt to, to the name of the Lord. Exalt his name forever. Uh, Psalm 150. All these psalms are psalms of praises, and there are songs to praise him for who he is. And uh, David uh, is, is one of these big doxologists uh, in the Bible. Open your Bibles now in the Old Testament. First Chronicles chapter 29. And we will see one of these Doxologies statement from David. First Chronicles 29, verse 10. And this is the time when uh, King David uh, potentially was the last act as a king. This is the time, the time when all the people of Israel, they bring all the things for preparation for the temple. And he's passing on to King Solomon. And the last thing that, that David did as a king of Israel was verse 10. He prayed and he did something. It says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And what David said? Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thy, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the victory, and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is thy. Thy is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head of, uh, above all. Both riches and honor come unto thee, and that reigns over all. And in thee, and, and in thy hand is power and mighty. And in thy hands is, is to make great and to give strength unto all. 
Did you see the doxology that King David is using here? He said, you are great. You have power. You, you, uh, the glory is yours. The victory, the majesty, the kingdom is yours. You need to exalt. And this is the, the, how David uh, praised the Lord Jesus. Oh, God, in, in that time, God uh, for who he is. And this is one of the, the uh, beautiful uh, praises to God from King David. Verse 30 says, Now tell off of God, we, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Do you, do you see the connection? We thanks and we praise. We thanks and we praise, says David, uh, to your glory name. But verse 14 says, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have, have we given thee. David recognized that everything belongs to him. And David said when he see the greatness of, the, of God, he said, who am I? I'm really small. Even though all this uh, nation that they offer to you something is everything belongs to you. We are just giving back to you. Everything because uh, you, you are the owner of everything. So this happened with David in the Old Testament. And he was praising God for uh, uh, the thing that he is. Now jump until uh, the book, uh, uh, the, the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And this is for us. And I want you to put attention in this uh, word. John, chapter 4, verse 23. Because I think today God is looking for worshipers. John, chapter 4, 23. And, and the Lord is, is looking for moms and dads that they can worship him and kids that they can worship him, and churches that they can go worship him. Uh, verse 23 says, But the, the hour come, and now is. Today is the time when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such, such to worship him. So, the condition is he is looking for true worshipers. This means there is false worshipers. Because he is looking for true worshipers. So we need to be careful how we worship the Lord. Because there is, in this verse, make me think that there is false worshipers. Verse 24 says, God is a, a, a spirit and, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The requirement to worship him that is in spirit and in truth. This means that we can worship the Lord in our flesh and not in the spirit. He is looking for someone to worship him in spirit, but we can worship him in our flesh. And he is looking for someone to worship him in truth. 
So could be worshipers that counterfeit the truth and try to worship the Lord Jesus. Uh, and I think he is uh, looking for this kind of worshipers to worship him. And the requirement is that we will worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, and this is important. So the, the only requirement of worship is that he is the center of the worshiping. He is the center. He is everything that we give to him is to him. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 11 says, uh, is for him, through him, and to him are all things. So he is the center of our worshiper. But we need to use our knowledge of God and worship him with the knowledge that we have him. How deep is my knowledge of God? How much I need, uh, I know about God? Because this is the way, that, the only way that we will worship him. If I have a deep, rich knowledge of God, they will flow, they will through and flow in my heart to worship him for who he is. There was an old, old story, let me tell you. Uh, many years ago, there was a, a, a pastor that they will celebrate, celebrate this pastor, the 50th anniversary of ordination. So this pastor was a big uh, celebration, have a big celebration, and this pastor invited one of his personal friends. He was uh, Richard Burton, you know, the actor. And he said, well, I want you to come to this celebration and recite my favorite psalm. Psalm 23. Richard Burton said, yeah, I will, I will recite this uh, uh, psalm with one condition, that you recite before me, Psalm 23. So the day came, everyone was there. It was a big celebration for this pastor, 50th anniversary of, of, of ordination. And the time came, and Richard Burton came to the platform, and he started reciting Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And he did magnificent. With all these skills of oratorian skills and with this power that the people just uh, stand up and he, the people clap because it was magnificent the way that he recited Psalm 23. After him, this old pastor, humble pastor, came to the platform and he started reciting Psalm 23 in his own way, in his own knowledge, and he recites Psalm 23. At the end of the psalm, people were in tears. Was so touching the way that he uh, recites and he memorized and he tells Psalm 23. And everyone was in tears. So on the front row, the assistant of uh, Richard Burton says, What's going on? What, what, what happened here? And uh, Richard Burton said, well, I know very well the psalm of the shepherd. But these men know very well the shepherd of the psalm. The personal knowledge of God is not just information in our head. It's not what we know about God. It's 
how we use this knowledge and his deep, how, how, how personal is God for us? How close we are to God to recite Psalm 23 in that way? So, uh, why we need to worship the Lord? We need to answer why. What is the reason? Why? Many people say, well, God is the most egocentric person in the universe because he wants to worship him. He, he is looking for someone to worship him. Well, let me tell you, the Lord Jesus doesn't need you to worship him. He, he already created angels in heaven to worship him day and night, day and night, and said, holy, holy, holy. Day and night. They don't need us. The Lord created us as a worshiper in our heart. And if we are not worship the true God, we are worshiping something, something else. Because God created us for his pleasure, Revelation 4.11, with a condition to be a worshiper. And you know people that worship sports, People worship books. People worship false God. But this is how we have been created, to worship something, someone. So the Lord knows that we need to worship him. And he is looking for worshipers to worship him in spirit and in truth. And there is five benefits. And, and I will go very, very quick. And I promise you that I will not keep more than is necessary. Five benefits if you are worshiped the Lord Jesus, if you are worshiped God. Five benefits for you. And, and, and God knows. Number one, when we worship God, we humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. We submit to his authority. Psalm 8, uh, verse 3 says, when I consider the heavens and the world thy, thy fingers, the moon and the star which that had been ordained, who is man? When, when we said, you are great, we are so small. But sometimes we think the opposite, isn't it? We say that we are uh, sufficient. We have all the knowledge. We have all the experience. So we don't need God. But when we worship him, we humble ourselves and we said, you are great, I'm small. You are great. You are the, the, the point of worship, I'm not. Because sometimes we worship ourselves. And every time uh, when, we, uh, when we see our face in the mirror, we need to make sure that we worship God, not ourselves. And, and, and worship is, is good for us because we submit to his authority. When we said, you are the almighty God, there is a responsibility for us. When we said, you are almighty, so I will show trust. I trust because I tell you that you are the almighty. You have all the power. I should trust you. When I said, you are the Lord, what we are? The servants. Every time when you, when you mention the, 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 the name of the Lord as a Lord, we are his servants. This is our submission. When we see it, 
when we said, you are the creator, we are his creation. It's not the opposite. I cannot do whatever I want with my body because I'm the, crea the, the creator and you are the creator. Did you see the submission when we worship him? When we said, well, you, you, have, uh, you are holy. What we should do? Be holy because he is holy. So when you see when we worship him, there is a responsibility in us. When we said, well, you have all the power. So this means that he has the control in our lives to do whatever he wants. Because he, you, you, you are telling him that he, he has the power. It's like uh, when we sign, you know, the, the power of attorney. Uh, you say, well, I, I give to someone else all my rights. And, and whoever has the, the, the power of eternity, they, they can do whatever they want. We give the power. So we have a responsibility as a worshipers to tell you are the almighty, I need to trust. You are the Lord, I'm your servant. You are holy, I'm supposed to be holy. You, you have the power, you have the control. And, and this is good for us as a Christian to worship him, not just with words, uh, but with the heart, with the heart. Second benefit for us is when we worship, our faith will increase. Our faith, they will increase. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, if you are taking notes, just take, uh, I will read for you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly about all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So he is able, I need to believe that he is able. And every time when we worship him and we say you are the almighty God, I need to believe that he is more than able. And then to do, to do, I need to trust him. What he is doing is good for me. So my faith, they will increase as we worship him because he is able to do exceedingly uh, because he have the power. Verse 21 says, Unto him be glory in the church by, by Christ Jesus through all ages. Unto him be glory. Again, doxology that is there. He, he is able to do exceedingly and then for that reason, unto him be glory. Third benefit, uh, if we worship him, is w our heart that will be full of thanksgiving. Gratitude and joy. Gratitude and joy. Open, open Psalm 100, and, and it's one of the, my favorite Psalms, uh, 100, verse 4. And let's see it. Another benefit is gratitude. Psalm 100, verse 4 said, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And then says, And into his courts with praise. Do you see thanksgiving and praise? And if we want, thanksgiving is the key to open the gates of heaven. Thanksgiving. If you want to go to the presence of God, you have a key. 
use the key with thanksgiving. It says, enter into the gates with thanksgiving. But if you want to have an intimate relationship with God, if you want to enter in the courts inside the room, inside the room says, with praise. With praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. This is the only way that we can praise him. When we praise him, we are in his presence and we enter in, in his courting with intimacy. With, with, a, with a close relationship and said, we give thanks unto him and bless his name. And this is another benefit. Thanksgiving, gratitude, joy to be in his present presence. Another, another benefit, number four, is when we worship him, we avoid to steal the glory that belongs to him. We avoid to steal the glory that belongs to him. Psalm 115, verse 1 says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. How many times we are so good and we are a good Christian and we, uh, we like when people thanks and, 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 and um, we steal the glory that belongs to him. We steal the glory that belongs to him. says, not unto us, not unto us, but to thy name we give glory. And, and I think pride is one of these uh, things that is always present in our life. It's like a, a big lion that is behind our back, pride. It's not a little kitty, you know, it's a big lion. So when people come to us and start... Uh, praise us and, and, and give thanks and we feel like we are the best and we are but it's all about him it's, it's for him to him and to him it's all these things is for him so another another way to avoid to steal the glory of God is to give thanks to him to give the glory to him so next time when someone said, oh, you know, brother, said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because it's through him and for him. The last uh, thing, number five, is when, when we worship, we have unity in the church. When we worship together, we have unity in, in the church. Acts chapter 4, verse 24 says, this is the time when Peter and John was free from jail. And people came to the church and said, now Peter and John is out of jail. And, and says, when they hear that, they lift off their voice to God with one accord. That, that the church was so happy for Peter and John because they had been doing very good things with a, with a high priest and, and, and um, uh, with people there in jail and the church was so happy that they lift off the voice to God in one accord. One accord. And they said, what they said? Lord, thou art God, who has made heaven and air and the sea and all that them in him. 
So they recognize everything belongs to God and everything is for him. So they lift up their voice in one accord, in unity. If we want unity in our church, we need to praise him, to exalt him, to magnify him. He is the king. All this is for him and through him and for him. This is the way that we can worship him. So, doxology is important in the church. How we praise the Lord. How we praise the Lord. I will read uh, all, all Revelation chapter 4, a uh, few more verses than verse 11. But I, uh, just open your, 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 uh, your Bible. And then the, if, you, if you can just stand and let's read this uh, verse together. Revelation chapter 4. I promise with this we will finish. There is plenty, plenty of verses about praise the Lord and this doxology that is so important for us. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 to 11 says, And the four beasts, and each of them six winds uh, about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy. Lord Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when this be giving glory and honor and thanks, you see, honor and thanks to him to set on the throne who live forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that live forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for, for Thy pleasure they are were created. Jumping to verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 9, Revelation. Five, this is the, the continuation of this worship. Chapter 5, verse 9 says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the, the, the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us from God by the blood out of every kinder and tongues and people and nation. And thou hast made us uh, a king, uh, uh, our God, kings and priests, and we will ch shall reign on earth. And I behold, and I hear the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts, and the, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, seeing with a loud voice, voice worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on air and under the air and, and such uh, as are in the sea and all that are in them hear, hear and say, Blessed and honor and glory and power be unto him, the sitting on the throne and on the Lamb, forever and ever. This is pure worship. 